everyone, it's Tom here, back with another edition of Alpha Metallica. We are tackling every single Metallica song, and we are bang up to date, because we are pretty much done now, almost, with 72 seasons. So, go back, check out all those brand new episodes with a lot of old friends, a lot of new friends. It's been a lot of fun digging into 72 seasons. Admittedly, I haven't been overtly positive, it hasn't been like me just being like, you know, the greatest thing ever, but it's Metallica, it's another chapter in this soap opera of of glory and that weird ninja star symbol that probably needs to come back i love that symbol so we are here again alphabetalica and we are tackling every single song in this case not in alphabetical order we're doing 72 seasons in the future i'm going to be covering portals after this and then we're going to get into the blacklist and then by the time we finish that there'll probably be you know re 72 reasons like we had reload load re, i don't know you know maybe maybe 100 reasons great band there but Anyway, uh, just before we get into the guest and the song, get in touch with me, MetallicaPodGmail.com, if you want to come on the show, if you want to chat on Portals or Blacklist or whatever, you know, get in touch and we'll chat there and maybe do another episode, whatever. Uh, you know, we're on various platforms, Spotify, iTunes, leave a review, Patreon's there as well, so if you want to get access to the next episode before it airs on the free feed, as it were, you can support us over there on Patreon. But as I say, you know, this is a case of us tackling new songs with old guests, with old friends, you know, with people that we podcasted with many, many years ago. And, you know, we, we did a cover back then, uh, Stone Cold Crazy. And today we are tackling, you know, a 72 seasons track. We're tackling Room of Mirrors, the penultimate song. Borsh, how's it going? I'm very good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm really well. And I'm quite jealous of you because we were chatting a little bit before we were arranging the, you know, the Skype day, as it were, to tackle this yeah. track. <laughs> and you mentioned that you were seeing Maiden. In Indeed, Birmingham. yeah, yeah. We saw them at the uh, what they used to call the NIA. It's now mm. it's called the Utilitar or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was just there recently, actually, and I saw Metallica there on October thirtieth, twenty seventeen. That was the first time I saw them. You know, I think that's the only time I've ever seen them live. So we're mm. in the same building that time. Oh yeah, no! Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah. Okay. It was so... a great gig. I remember they uh, was it one during one that they ended up having the power outage or something. Like right, that? right, right. Yeah. No, I just I, I the thing that I remember so vividly is being I was right at. You know, I was right at the barrier. I had like the unforgiving experience or whatever, and just seeing James do his sort of dad joke pranks. You know, him sort of with his fake tooth and his kind of one eye and stuff. It, it was baffling to behold. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. That was the first time I seen them, and might well be the last time I seen them. Who knows what's gonna with this kind of weird touring schedule schedule that they got at the minute, but. Yeah, it was like, I mean, Maiden were amazing. I was, yeah. I, I was talking to, to a mate about it that I went with. I think it was like easily the, up there. I've seen them about four times. Mm. I mean, it's not many times, sure. But like, they were, they were incredible considering yeah. like, you know, without being ages, their age for a start. Definitely. And it just felt like, I think the crowd were really, really buying into it as well. I think that's half the, you know, half the thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant, like, you know, set up and stage and everything. And, I, you know, I'd, I really love the, their new album, even though it's like a couple of years old now. So he hearing those songs live and seeing what they've done with them is brilliant, to be fair. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy set list. I'm just looking at it now because, yeah, I am quite a Maiden fan, to be honest with yeah. you. I listened to a lot of it, especially when I was younger. But opening with Caught Somewhere in Time is awesome. Oh, can't. It was. That, <sighs> I, I think Caught Somewhere in Time, The Stranger in Strange Land. I mean, yeah. those two. It was, sure, it was sure. amazing. It was like... I, think I love like Sea of Madness. Place. I noticed I didn't play that off that record, but that, that's a personal favourite. No, I thought that they were going to play Deja Vu as well, but they didn't. Mm. To be fair, playing Alexander the Great. and Yeah, yeah, yeah it's oh, just it's a, brilliant. A, a, a Wasted Years plot. as the uh, last song on the whole set as well. was uh, was a moment, I think. You could see a lot of people that have been We were in the seats, and you could mm. see a lot of people that were sitting down, were standing up. There was a lot of like arm waving. It felt like quite a moment, to be fair. It felt sure. like there was like a real kind of like 
Yeah, it was incredible. Really, yeah, yeah. Really well, Maiden, like Metallica, you know, make their impact felt. Mm. And I, I myself work in Birmingham, you know, in the centre of Birmingham, right near the train station. So okay, yeah. I was just coming back from work about like 5pm or whatever on the train. And I was seeing everyone, you know, streaming into the city and, you know, yeah. getting taxis or whatever or getting the, you know, train to Birmingham International, it would be. And then just crossovers, like a 10 minute walk to the actual stadium itself, the, the arena, whatever. But, but yeah, everyone having T-shirts, right? <laughs> everyone having alternate art, Eddie, like you recognize it all. I'm like... Some guy had some Power Slave hoodie, and I was like, yeah, looking at it, I was like, I oh, I love that cover with that 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 pyramid that's like on fire at the top. It's got like that beam. It's it's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a classic uh, metal cover, really, love isn't it? it? And to be fair, the amount of um, their merchandise. I mean, mm. it's got to be up in terms of I think Metallica. I think I think Metallica almost take notes from them. Like mainly just wow, it's just something else, and I think they really still put the effort into it as well. So it's like you know you can see that it's become quite quite the collector's thing as well. And it was good seeing people that you know wearing t-shirts from like you know 2003 or 2001 and you think oh god oh, yeah. we're doing it after a while and then the ones that are from the 90s as well so they're definitely you know it's, it feels like yeah a good community of people no it is and just a final thing on maiden and, and fashion as well so i saw them for the first time in birmingham maybe you were there it was the matter of life and death tour no that's the one i i did not see the, my first yeah. one was during the dance of death uh, Ooh, cycle yeah. i actually i love dance of death as an album yeah, great album. i think that's one of their best albums that's a really good record but but yeah i remember being there i was i was, I was young i was small i was getting beaten up in the pit and i actually had to get out of there because it was so many just big bearded men you know but trivium supporting as well but, oh, wow. uh, but yeah, yeah i remember uh they had a shirt on the back which said these colors don't run in the maiden font, which obviously is a reference to a song, of course, yeah, you know, from the album, an amazing song. I think it's the second song on the record, and I think it's a reference to like a film or something, a war film or something like that. But my friend, my dear friend Ryan, who's actually been on this podcast a few times, uh, he bought that shirt and he literally thought that was like a uh, you know a warning about washing machines. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> he didn't get the double meaning, but I guess it, you know, in a, in a Did way, it is. washing it or was it just like there in like perpetuity in his wardrobe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah let's talk about metallica then let's pivot to metallica very casually um 72 seasons what, what what do you think about it what do you think about the album whole? i really like the album mm. i think i've heard i've heard loads of different opinions to be honest about yeah. it i think it's it's a bit of a divisive one and it's i think that's all the better for it it's nice to see a band that are that far in their into their career still making people have an opinion if you make, know what i mean it's mm. not going like oh no I think the worst thing to be is like just you know disinterested. I think it's better than Hardwired, to be honest with you. I thought about this a lot just because okay. the first half of Hardwired I think is brilliant, but it mm. falls off so badly. It does. I mean, Man and Kind and Murder One. Sure. But saying that, and I, I don't know if it was um, if it was yourself or the guys that met up your podcast that said it, that Hardwired probably has like higher highs, and you remember certain songs better, like Moth into Flame mm. or Dream No More or something like that. But 72 Seasons feels like a better, more consistent album. So even though the songs kind of sound a little bit more similar to each other, and there's not as much, maybe not, it's not as dynamic, there's no real kind of ballads or anything like that, no. I think I prefer it. I think, I, I don't know, there's something about it. And I think what they've done in terms of the sound, like with James's vocals, which are amazing on this album, mm, the best they've sounded definitely. since like the 90s, really, really incredible. But also the drums, like Lars's drumming, is no, no one's commenting on like what he's doing in the drumming. It is brilliant. Absolutely, I, I really it's just been brilliant to see him kind of like vindicated after like all these years of kind of like oh this that and the other and actually no he's, he's a brilliant drum like he doesn't have to prove himself and yet he is and he's like you know this is what the 11th album yeah I, I really like the album I think I'm liking it more and more as I listen to it and I, and I I think I prefer that it's nice to have something that grows with you instead of like you just listen once or twice and get excited by it and then you forget about it but this is definitely 
got layers, I think. Yeah. Is is Room of Mirrors in the top top half of the record? You know what? I'd say it's gone into there. Damn. It wasn't. I was like, so when you first suggested it, I was I was a bit conflicted because it's. I don't know what it is about it. There's no something... one talks about this song though. Respectfully, yeah, it doesn't seem just... to come up. It's a weird one. I, I thought, what? Well, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I don't like it. I don't know if the music video put me off because it was just like, I couldn't get my, I don't know why I couldn't get my head around the animated <laughs> music video, but sure. for some reason it just wasn't clicking. But then listening to it more and more recently, I think it is, it's a great song. And I think James, again, James's voice, mm. what he's doing with like with some of the vocals towards the end of the song, it's, it's pure pop, really. It's a very poppy kind of like melody that's got in there, I guess the punk kind of like thrashy riff. It's, I think, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Whereas some songs I, I started off thinking, oh, this is brilliant, and then I've kind of fallen off a little bit. But this one's definitely kind of you know, going up the charts, in my opinion. Mm, mm. I mean, yeah, there, there is that genius of James throughout the mm. whole record that just sells every song. And it's like, yeah, how can't, how can't you just you know, love how on form he is here in, in many ways. So we opened this song, and it is a shorter song. I should yes. say as well in yeah. the grand scheme of the record, like you know, it's five minutes thirty. So comparatively, you know, to some of the big sluggers, <laughs> freezes by. Yeah, yeah, and it's mostly Kirk solo. There's like a minute of Kirk solo on yeah. there as well. So I mean, we'll um, we'll get to that, but I do quite enjoy the intro. Um, the more I listen to this for this episode, because it has that sort of old school mm. Dio Blackmore kind of trundle. Like it's still kind of five seven at its heart but there's kind of slightly more interesting note choice like there's an eight five you know there's sort of that slightly like devilish inversion or whatever you know those those sort of ideas and um i appreciate that but then going from that into your kind of everyman hetfield riff which is mostly Mm. chugging and then at the end there's kind of a twist you know there's that four two oh on the a string and it slides up and I, I don't know. I felt like I, the intro is quite promising, and then I think like it kind of resolves into something that is very stocky. I, yeah, I get what you mean. I think the intro is for me when I, when I first heard it. Going, I, I think the way they've sequenced the album. I don't know if it's brilliant or if it's not brilliant. I can't get my head again. I think that's, you know, I think ultimately seventy two seasons. One of its successes is that I keep going back listening to it, trying to understand whether I like this bit or don't like this bit. And the way it goes from too far gone into Move of Mirrors with that riff. Mm. It, it sounds like it's like, I was thinking about it today, it sounds like it's something from like CSI or from Law and Order, sure. that kind of like, you know, that intermittent kind of like, bong, you know. Yep, yep, and that's it, stabbing. And it just kind yep. of like catches you off guard. Every time I listen to it, it catches me off guard. It's not like a, you know, classic Metallica riff to open with or something like that. And then it changes. And I, I genuinely do really enjoy that change, that it goes from this kind of like really panoramic, quite big sounding it sounds like a gong in the background mm. as well there's like this weird guitar turn they've got and it goes into this kind of really quite quite it's quite kind of like tinny kind of like quite not soft but i don't even know how to describe it fragile sounding kind of riff sure. that's very fast if I, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. makes any sense yeah, yeah, yeah. And i think that kind of like you know comparison between the two of them is brilliant the, the difference between them i think that's a really kind of like interesting way of doing things and i think that's what put me off initially and there's something that i've gone back to i can understand that because I think the way they've got the riff, it it I do see the rainbow and Dio comparisons. I saw someone on Twitter had said something similar along those right. lines, and I was like, I don't understand what, what they mean. But then I thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I can see along those lines for sure. It's just kind of grand Sabbathy kind yeah. of, you know. There's a bit more space and 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 kind of ambition, I suppose. Like mm. I don't hate this opening riff. But I just, I don't know, none of it really knocks me out, to be honest with you. The song feels a little laboured, a little like, mm. 
you know, in the same way, you know, I listen to Simpsons podcasts and it's like, you can tell this episode, <laughs> yeah. they're always like, you can tell this episode was written at the end of the season when the writers just wanted to leave. And, you know, holiday, yeah. and it's like, I don't know, it's sort of, for me, it has a little bit of that essence. And I think where, where that really stands out is in the chorus where, you know, James loves to do this. Don't get me wrong. This, yes. this verbing, this criticize, stigmatize, you know, this black and breakdown. There's loads yeah. of examples throughout 72 seasons. But um, I don't know. It, the chorus is interesting, isn't it? Because you have this these listicles, essentially, you know, that James is singing. And then the So I Stand Before You is much more chuggy. Like, it's kind of a chorus of two cities, you know? Definitely. I think I think what's really interesting about it, there's, there is a lot of calling, calling back with this with this album, to be fair. I think the further they go into their career, there is a lot of kind of, like, looking back. Mm. Obviously, the kind of, like, you know, broken, beaten, scarred line. But with this one, it kind of reminded me of, like, Dirty Window a little bit. You know, the whole courtroom standing before you, the judgment before mm. you. I... I think with his lyrics, I think the sentiment behind all the lyrics on this and the, the hopeful nature of 72 seasons and looking into himself and the kind of like post rehab album, I think it's really interesting. Sometimes it can be a little bit on the nose and it's a little bit obvious what he's trying to say, which I'm all right with, to be honest with you, because it makes it a little bit more, a little bit more real. It's a little bit less kind of labored and trying to be poetic. And I think, I don't know if I liked the chorus. Again, <laughs> this yeah. song is odd. I don't know if I liked it. And I'm starting to like it because I can see its intention. I can see that he's not trying to do this melodic line. He's not trying to bring in some kind of metaphorical, something metaphorical in there to have to be coated by this extra melody. It's really straight down the middle. And he's just almost saying to the listener or to, you know, the protagonist is saying to whoever before them in this conversation, you know, this is this is what I'm feeling. This is who I am. Mm. And I, I think that's a really kind of interesting way to do it. And I think they it is a callback to the early 90s, James, of being a lot more vulnerable. I do think... And that's that's exciting. I think I think the best, you know, best version of Metallica is when he's not scared yeah. of being very kind of open and vulnerable in his lyrics, you know, backed behind the incredible music, you know. So I didn't like it at first, but I am starting to change my mind. And I think a lot of it is due down to, due to that. Um, but what you say about the listicles, yeah, patronize, summarize. Analyze. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. For me, it's like, it's fine, James, right that way. I don't mind, yeah. but it's a little clunky. It feels almost something from like a Columbine, like shooter's journal. Like, you know, you might judge, you might bury me, you might set me free. And it's just all this kind of, I don't, I don't know. I find the Im- images quite reheated and rechewed. And, I know. get that. What is interesting about it, though, genuinely, and it irked me, if that's the right word, mm. is the riff in between the lines. So when it goes back to that, kind of like it's the fast riff and it goes back to that kind of more swingy riff yeah, in between yeah. which seems to just be dropped in the middle and i was like why, why are they doing this i don't understand i don't understand how it fits but it again i think it does i think it's like it's a change from the norm of what they're doing it sounds like they're trying to do something different obviously they could also just be trying to mess around on pro tools and just drop in stuff in to see you know how mm. it sounds but i think that gives the chorus a little bit more of a swing as opposed to just the kind of like bashing you around the head thing that they're trying to do I, I see what you're saying, and, you know, when it cuts into the second chorus, uh, sorry, the second verse, which is, you know, very familiar. James doesn't really garnish the verses with too many kind of quirky things. There are some mm. examples towards the end, like the oh, please, right at the end has a real kind of garble quality to it. But um, you mentioned before the Metallica Cinematic Universe, the fact that Broken Beat and Scarred <laughs> is in this second verse. Yeah. And I do I do love that. Like, again, I, you know, I, I critique this album constantly for just certain phrases are shoehorned in or whatever, but I'm sorry, any time the abyss looks back into itself and winks, I, 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 I do love that shit. 
I, to be fair, I love that song as well. I love Broken Beans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it fits in the song for him just to say Broken Beans, Scott. It's not like he's not just saying, like, da 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 my apocalypse. It's like, you know, it's not. It would be brilliant. It would still be good. Home Sanitarium. Yeah. I'm King Nothing. I'm just saying that again. I'm King Nothing. I think it's really, really effective as well. I think, and he really spits it out, and you can see he was. I don't know if it was maybe, you know, just something that was on the t- tip of his tongue and then he, he just stayed with it, which mm. is which is brilliant. I think the callback to it is great. And it does, you know, it does kind of, you know, the, the the awful grammar of it definitely fits in with the kind of like uh, thrashiness of the, of the riff. What is it? Know? What don't kill you make you more strong? Like, it's like... <laughs> oh, what? God, it's... It's it's rough, but it yeah, works it's such a good so song well. though. It is an absolute banger. I mean, <laughs> I, lo- I love Broken Me and Scarred, but yeah. So um, second chorus, you know, familiar again. It's this yeah. slightly shorn, like it's like the plosive, uh, you know, adjectives going through here, and then just going more into this this chug. It reminded me a little bit of Too Far Gone, which does that as well, where where it just starts chugging under the second Too Far Gone or whatever, or the third one, just towards the end. Basically, it has that element to it. We then get into Kirk's solo. Um, what are your thoughts on on Kirk's solo work in general on Seventy Two Seasons? Right. Okay. In general, I can see where the criticisms are, sure, are sure. coming from, but I think it's better than Hardwired. I, I, I know I keep it's about the same. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's worse. It's just kind of. No. For me, no. he was good on Death Magnetic, and then it kind of I don't know. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I think I think it depends on the song. I think I'm a Kirk apologist. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I love I love Kirk. I no, I mean, Kirk's like, great, but yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. I think this solo, in all honesty, mm. I think it's one of the high. I think it's definitely one of the highlights of the song for me. And I it's think bi- it's, it's a big part of the song, as we said. It's a big definitely. Part. And I think the it's a lot more considered mm. as a solo in terms of the melody, the structure. I say this as if I know I'm talking about. Look, sure, sure. It really is compared to the rest of the album. It's not that kind of like widdly widdly, very very fast kind of like thrashy thing that he's uh, kind of throwing off. But it sounds like it's coming up with, a, with its own melody. It sounds like there is an actual structure that he's thought about, and I think it, it adds to it. I I, I was right. driving around earlier and listening to it, just like, and I thought this is yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I like it. He's like he's playing he, the best Kirk solos are the ones where he works in and out of the melody lines of the actual song. And he does introduce that. And I thought that was, you know, it was really nice to hear that again. Cause he still does, he clearly still has the chops. It's just whether he wants to, uh, he wants to just, you know, show them off or kind of serve the mm. song as he says. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, for me, I, I really didn't enjoy this solo. I have to say, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause okay. He does sort of try and get what you're saying, but it's like, I don't know. He's so obsessed with this uninteresting lick that begins a solo. And yeah. then he just takes it up an octave as well to ring it for all it's worth. But it's like, I don't know. Solos can do that. But most solos, like, it's just a hack move, really. Like, you move the riff up 12 frets and, and just kind of linger there for a bit. I don't know. And again, it's it's a long solo. It's a bloated yeah. solo. It's not, it's not very captivating for me. I mean, I mean, sure, whatever. But it's... A song of this length, traditionally with Metallica, would probably have a bit of a longer intro, maybe a longer outro, and more riffs in it. But in this mm. song, it's quite a long solo that keeps going, and it, you know, it, it pauses for a moment, and then suddenly Kirk's way up the fretboard, and he's just, you know, he's doing his doing doing the widdly stuff, you know, <laughs> which he which he enjoys, and which pe- which people get, you know. He loves it, and I think I don't know, I I, I kind of have to like agree, uh, but also disagree. I think the mm. second half with the wah, I can see where you're coming from for sure. 
I think the first half without it, with a kind of like with a slightly wireless tone and a little bit less distortion, yeah. there is a bit of a melody there. There is just, melody there, but it's just I don't know. It just it's repeating in that melody. Yeah. Like he just yeah, loves that definitely. lick. It's like I don't know. There isn't like he just just doesn't seem curious as a guitarist anymore. Mm. He seems kind of just happy to to be stationary and you know what what whatever. But um, but then it kind of you have to ask the question whether that's what he wants. Maybe that's I guess what he it's wants. just I mean like, I'm not. You know, it's his. Yeah. It's his. Sorry, piece, I'm not but... getting too deep into what. No, no, no. It is. It is. is like, yeah. I mean, maybe I. You know, my dislike for Kirk Solo is something I dislike about my own self. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's penetrative now that I've considered it. So, so, so I get. I get what you're saying, but, but yeah. I mean, okay. There are some guitar highlights on this tune. Mm. Um, again, it's it's harmony. It's exciting, yeah, right? Absolutely. But yeah. and I love guitar harmony. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Thin Lizzy fanatic. I love Trivium as well. Mm. Maiden, we mentioned before, great expertise. Um, Wishbone Ash. I'm trying to think of other good harmony bands, but um, then, yeah, Thin, Thin, Thin Lizzy, Lizzy are the Lizzy, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, Thin Lizzy are the, the Godfathers. Definitely Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. But I mean Gary Moore as well and Snowy mm. White and uh, I think was it Midjour was in the band briefly, but oh. um, John Sykes as well. Phil Liner obviously on bass. But what I wanted to say was I love guitar harmony, of course, but <laughs> I'm like happy they exist don't get me wrong but it's not exactly like addictive listening I don't know it's not that there are some beautiful metallic guitar harmonies I don't mm-hmm. need to tell you about Orion and yeah. you know Creeping Death even nah, 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 like I love that shit this I don't know this I'm happy that James and Kirk are doing that thing but I wish it was a little bit more of an earworm I think it's, do you know, it, it reminds me of Atlas Rise. It yeah. sounds like an 80s kind of like montage. Sure, it's uh, that new wave, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I I think it's great. I think it's the high, well, I think it's the best part of the song, to be found. I think that it just, I think it takes it up, uh, up a bit of a notch. There's a mm. bit more velocity in it. I think it's what, it depends on what you're looking for. Because I, I was having a hard time kind of like, with the first half of the song. I didn't know if I liked the opening riff or not. And then I didn't know if I liked the kind of like main riff. So then when it goes to this harmony, I was like, oh, I can, I can, fine, I can get on board with this. I, sure. I, I know 100% that I like this straight away. Probably because, I, because like you, I love all the band, bands, well, most of the bands that you mentioned, mm. mentioned, to be fair. I mean, Maiden, Trivium, I love all of that stuff. Oh, Trivium, Under, underrated I harmony think legends. I an, an oh immensely God. underrated band. And they are? last few albums, I've been, I've been insane. I, 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 I was off, yeah. off, the, off the train with Trivium for quite a while. So when, when I came back on and started listening to a lot of their stuff. Crusade's like, a masterpiece as well. The, the, I think, the album I, that got called their most Metallica album, that is a masterpiece for me. I think that I think that's a really brilliant album. I think it's really interesting as well because they actually it, it didn't sound like anything else. Like no, the no. riffs, it was, it was, was in really um, it was in standard E as well. It was like yeah, but you know, fair play to them. They they deserve a lot more credit. I think they deserve to be a lot higher. Up Entrance festival. of the conflagration is like oh my god, that's a banger. <laughs> but um, yeah, room of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> no reason. Yeah, we can talk about trivia all night. I'm perfect with that. Oh, you know, really there must be some good trivia pods out there, but. But yeah, um, so we have this harmony thing, like you say, and and it sort of comes back at the end as well, and mm. it's aping a certain intro and whatnot. And I don't know, we sort of went through all the separate parts of the song here, but Did for me, yeah. I don't know. For me, yeah, it just feels a little disjointed. I think the chorus is emblematic of it being slightly kind of, you know, Sid mm. Toy Story kind of just these two things, just you know, whatever. <laughs> but love it. Just keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but. You know, none of it really gives me a buzz or a woody, I will say, uh, for the most part. I'll end the Toy Story stuff here. But genuinely, it, the intro is the highlight for me. Like, the intro no, is like I the bit that I like. And I'm not saying it goes, like, drastically downhill, but I, I, I don't know. I think I think 72 Seasons can be quite guilty of chaff and mm. coasting. And for me, this feels like that. And unfortunately, Metallica have such an esteemed canon of legendary songs. They probably have about... 
50 songs that are just like incredible yeah. and it's a huge hit count i can't say that i want to spend too much longer in this room of mirrors boards that's just me no i think that's fair enough i think for me it ends on a high i think there's a ne- bit of an exit velocity mm. i love i love the guitar harmony i love james's voice towards the end and i think um I was reading, I don't know, they've put it out in their press or I've been reading about how uh, he had his own kind of like home studio set up mm. where he could try out these vocal things. A lot of stuff that he's done on this album and this song and in Marata and a, a few of the other ones, it's stuff you've not heard him do for either for a very, very long time or ever, you know, and it's brilliant. I think he's bringing in, you know, he's actually pushing himself. And I think that kind of the melody over the guitar harmony towards the end where he's singing and he's going up and higher and higher. I think I, I love it. It's, it's just, you know, I think it fits the theme of the song in the fact of kind of like looking at himself and, you know, the vulnerability and setting himself free. I think he's maybe given himself, he's, there's fewer inhibitions in how he's playing and singing, which I think is, you know, brilliant. Whether, you know, the product, uh, you know, the final product is, is going to be as good as, it's not, let's be honest, mm. it's not going to be as good as, you know, Master of Puppets or, you know, Creeping Death or anything like that. But, I think for what it is, I think it's brilliant. And I think the fact is, if we were looking at another band and it was, you know, you didn't have that back catalogue, I think it'd be a brilliant album. I think it'd be a great song. I think that what we're kind of hampered is, is that probably maybe that comparison. I don't know, but I don't know. That's maybe what I think, but Mm. I'm not sure what others do. Mm. But yeah, I think for me, it's not one of the best songs on the album, but I'm growing to like it a lot, lot more. And I think sure. it's something I've, I've enjoyed listening to more. And I was surprised I actually started liking it more and more and more as I was as I was getting into it. Well, we we have reached out as always to the Metallica Pod family. Of I don't think I've ever addressed them as such, but <laughs> this is the first time. I always like the Jamily for Pearl Jam. That's always stuck with me, but. The Metallica Pod family at Metallica Pod <laughs> on Twitter. And of course, we always ask you for your thoughts in brief on the songs. And we have a few responses here on uh, on the track. And this is firstly from Starfleet Consoles and Panels. And they say, on first listen, I was turned off by the verse. Very mere lyrics. The guitar monies and finale elevated for me. Especially love when the double bass kicks in at the end. Yes. Was, again, Lars is drumming. I completely agree with this mm. person. Like, there is there's these few roles and fills that he puts into it into the guitar harmony as James is singing. I was thinking this is brilliant. Oh yeah, oh, brilliant. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a real like funk to the drums sometimes, yeah. like a boom, like a, like a kind of real deep sound to it that I really appreciate. Uh, and actually, just before we get into the next comment, we haven't really spoke about the lyrics. Mm. I mean, we sort of went through the chorus, but thematically, do 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 you find this a nourishing listen read? Are the are these deep lyrics to you? You know. I think the confrontation of of inner voices. Yeah, I don't don't know. I think he's done it better before, to be honest with you. Um, I think think they're a bit on the nose. Mm. I think they're kind of like, uh, you know, looking at yourself in a mirror and looking deeper within yourself. I think it's a trope that's done quite a bit in different kind of like, you know, I've heard it quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Murder One could be about that. I don't remember. It could be. It could be. I'm I'm never going to listen to it again. Uh, email in email in but um but yeah no it is it is a bit like that isn't it and again it's a little harsh sometimes to just read lyrics on a screen you know what i mean away from the song but this is it i mean if we, go, if we talk about broken beat scarred again like the lyrics in that you know they're not the best set of no no he does they... he does also i just noticed sorry he does say simple man he says in a mirror yeah. in murder and just a simple man is that a skinhead reference i know he is is a big Possibly. proponent well, it, his use of some of the phrases in the chorus as well, the patronise summarise. When he said patronise, initially I thought, oh, you know, he's talking about people patronising how he's feeling. 
Or is he talking about how people are patronizing his pain in terms mm. of like paying to see him? Or is he talking about Patreon? It could be. He could be. That's a nice, nice move. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, I know what you mean though. Exactly. Insanity as well as invoked, which is, you know, very, very in this wheelhouse. But I'll just return to the twitter comments so oh sorry starfleet also adds i adore this guitar mini bit in the middle and the end and the final oh please won't you set me free it's one of my fave hetfield vocal moments of all time so that's oh. high price yeah. high price indeed but um but yeah that is to say that het is extraordinary throughout this record of course really so yeah, you really voice, it doesn't yeah. matter it, it, like, it genuinely does not matter every single song we've tackled it doesn't matter if you hate the song yeah. You can't even be like, oh, this is lame. I think it's been a, a real kind of like showcase for how, you know, if you look after your voice and whatever he's doing, he's oh doing it really, God. really, really well. Apparently, like, restoring muscle cars is incredible for one's, uh, <laughs> it's one's vocals. It's the fumes, isn't the it? fumes, yeah, they just, <laughs> those paints, that, 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 those skeletons. So, Bao says of this song, a favourite. I love the bookend riffs, a hat tip, I'm sure, to Rainbow, such as Stargazer. It's reminiscent of early Fresh Metallica with another nod to their punk, punk influences, Misfits and Ramones. There is a sincerity yeah. in James's voice that really hits home. It's purposefully nostalgic, yet fresh. Nice to yeah, I agree with that. That's, mm. that's a really good summary, definitely. I think uh, the nods to the punk sound, yeah, that is, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, finally, Brave Stalica says, it's on the back half of my rankings for sure. The drums are very thrashy, but the main riff is pretty boring. The guitar one at the end is cool, though. Fairly standard, I feel. Fairly, yeah, fairly I think so. Response. Fair enough. Yeah, I think um, I mean, it's interesting that uh, one of the uh, one of the people said about Stargazer um, that Ronnie Rising. Uh, oh God, yeah, great, brilliant, absolutely mm. amazing. That was a, a great set of covers. I, I do wonder whether they were gonna, ever going to come back with like a garage re re revisited ink.com or something like that as a final you know that'd oh, be that'd incredible be to have that on there yeah that really yeah yeah no that's a good shout that's a good shout so uh so yeah guys that is room of mirrors so we are almost done with this batch of 12 songs inamorata is next week and that is featuring none other than clint wells himself is coming back on the show so that will be a treat to have clint on of metal at your podcast of course so go back through the archive check out all the old episodes etc um boys what about yourself is there anything you'd like to promote or you know what i'm just happy to be on here to be honest i've got nothing to promote mm -hmm. other i think i'd like to promote this podcast because yeah it's great to have you back and to be able to listen to you know everyone and about you know the different opinions and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. be back in so yeah thanks very much for having me on and for like of for course. doing it as well for taking the time out to do it oh no of course of course i felt obliged i really i, I felt the call so uh, <laughs> i was in a room of mirrors myself and i was feeling indecisive but I went through it. So, yeah, uh, check out all the old episodes. Check out when we had Borjan and check out just, I mean, you know, there's so many. It is insane, really. And it's quite annoying. There is a missing episode, I should say, of Alpha Metallica that I, that I need to re-record. It's some random little feature of Podbean, which is where I host it. The episode just got deleted. I don't know how. And it was me doing, I think it's some kind of monster, actually. I think it's a St. Anger track. So I might need to revisit that. But if anyone was wondering, well, that's, I don't think it's even on the fucking compilation. Either, but... So yeah, anyway, uh, we're going to get out of here and I'll be back, as I say, next week to do Inamorata and support on the Patreon. And you can listen right now. But Borge, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Thank you very much, man. Nice one. Take care.